0: This is episode number 145 of the Homeowner Show. Whether you're DIY or looking to hire, we're here to help you find the best information and options for you and your home. My name is Kevin Hackett and here with me is Craig Williams. Hello, 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 and welcome to Homeowner Show. We're glad that you could join us for another episode live from the Homeowner Show studios. How you doing, Kev? Oh, man. Fantastic. It has, been, it has been a long week and a half, Uh-huh. but I leave soon, <laughs> and I'm out of here. You're leaving yes. on I'm, a jet plane. Yep, I'm out of here, vacation time with the family, and I am super excited about it. How are you doing? Dude, I'm doing really good. Yep. I mean, other than I can't work. No, man, dude, this this rain has been absolutely insane. Texas has decided to Louisiana. Yeah. Which yeah. is not cool. No, no, they should never do that. I mean, it's fine for Louisiana, but <laughs> I want Texas back. Yeah, we we don't want any of that at <laughs> all. Uh, but I will tell you something that's fun. Okay. I so, like fun things. Yeah. So, um, you and I received an email last week. Okay. You know what you want to talk about? No. We got an email last week that said, "Um, I can't believe I'm even having to say this, but a sink." <laughs> Is an appliance. Yeah, it is not. Well, he said it's a plumbing fixture. Yeah, he said it's a plumbing fixture. It's, yeah, it's not an appliance. Basically, is what he right. said. So, anyway, uh, shout out to dude that sent us the uh, the validating email. Right. It just goes me. to show that we cater to the educated and the uneducated. <laughs> so. Yeah, I guess that's true because the other thing that is really interesting. Is uh, a buddy of mine that is a a regular listener to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, he sent me a message the other day and he said, "Hey, have you done any episodes on an electric zero turn mower?" And right. so, so I told him, I was like, "Look, we've we've kind of done something on Clubhouse a little bit with our friend Eric G, mm-hmm. but really." We've really only kind of done a little bit with with the with the battery type stuff, and we've we've talked about the ego trimmer, that kind of stuff. But we've really not gotten into the zero turn. He said he's about to buy like fourteen acres and um he's pretty excited about that. But the cool thing is, is that he said that the last few episodes that we've done have been super helpful. They've just been right up his alley since he's about to buy land. Oh, he said he's about to buy. Okay, he's about to buy land. He's about to build a house for the first time. So that episode that we did with Eric uh, Thornton uh-huh. on, on you know first time you know home buying and, and all of those types of things was super helpful. The appliance episode was super helpful for him because he's going to be doing that. Um, you talking about like the really old appliance episode that we did? No, 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 no. We did one just a couple of days uh, – a couple of weeks ago with Megan Anderson. Oh, about buying new appliances. Yeah, buying new appliances. Gotcha. And so um, anyway, and, and he, he, I think he named another one, but uh, he was saying they're really helpful. So uh, here's the deal, guys. If you're unaware – We've done a lot of episodes at this point. <laughs> we've probably done something on something that you need. Go find it. I'll tell you the Well, 145 as uh, of right now. 145 as of right now. Yeah. So I will tell you this, though. It made me think we've still not done a septic episode. No. We need to do one on septic we absolutely need to do one then because yeah. I have one. You, yeah, you have one, and a lot of people around here do have them. And I'll tell you right now. I'm probably going to wind up with one.
1: Oh, when you get next, your new place?
0: Yeah. And I, have, I know nothing about septic systems. So <laughs> um, All I know is that there's a really hilarious sign uh, advertising Anderson septic solutions that's over right. here on... <laughs> on the, uh, Fish Creek. On Fish Creek. That's which right. Is, which is hilarious. You guys can figure out why that's funny on your own. Exactly. I'm not telling you. I'm not either. <laughs> so Anyway, that's what's going on with me, but... We do have another really cool episode tonight. You want to introduce our guest? Yeah, I mean, you've been bringing in so many friends. I decided to bring in one of my oldest friends. Yeah. Uh, so it's it will, and you'll have to correct me, Ryan. I think we've known each other since sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Sixth grade. So he's he's a good buddy of mine. Known each other a long time. He's also my insurance agent. Uh, so we got Ryan Aititol in the house
2: from Liberty Mutual. And how you doing, man? Doing great. Doing yeah. great, just working hard, taking care of the family, just like you know, all everybody else, you know.
0: Yeah, and making it through. We were we were getting ready for the show, and I was saying something about my watch, and he reminded me that I have that insured as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy I have that policy. You have you have an insurance just for your watch? Oh yeah. That yeah. doesn't like Apple Care do that? No, they're terrible. Oh. So, okay. Ryan, Ryan takes care of it for me. Okay, yeah. I I trust you. But like, okay, like you you sold me, well, you sold my wife on this, and then she just has me pay the bill. Um, <laughs> it, explain to us how this works, because it was it was like a really easy add on for us.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, insurance is just a transfer of risk, right? Right. So uh, we're just saying you give us a little bit of premium, and if something happens to your watch, we take care of it. So Apple Care takes care of certain things. It's a very limited list, um, but it doesn't take care of losing it. Um, most of the damages that can happen from physical activity, it doesn't really cover. So twenty-five bucks a year, you have, you know, two Apple watches on that policy. If something happens, we just replace them.
0: What? Yeah. Okay. So this is this. See,
2: because
0: <laughs> Apple Care is like four bucks a month per device.
2: Right. This is twenty-five
0: dollars a year. It's a that's that's a third of the cost. Exactly. Less than a third. Right.
2: So, 28%. So you would want to have both because we don't really cover the the, the hardware malfunctions or okay. the software malfunctions. So you, don't you want would want to have both. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this is kind of like, uh, you know, I'm a doofus insurance, right? I broke my watch. I lost it, whatever. So if we have thousands of people that give $25 a year, uh, only a few of them are going to have an incident once a year. So it, it works out really well. The math works. Yeah. Yeah. So... And we all know how good at
0: math we all are. Yeah. I mean, I just pulled 28% right out there. Yeah, right. Right out there. Yeah, Just right there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, okay, we'll do this. Tell us a little bit about you, how you got into the insurance business, all and all those sorts of things.
2: Well, um, you know, I'm just a regular guy. Grew up here uh, in the area. Grew up in in Klein School District. Went off to Abilene Christian uh, for bachelor's degree. Uh, With my wife Laura. Uh, We moved over to Waco for her to complete her master's at Baylor in music. And then uh, I started working for CentOS Corporation, which is the uniform people. So I was negotiating contracts for them. And uh, when we moved to Houston, I kind of was transplanted to the Woodlands, Conroe area as a rep and uh, saw that it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. I wanted something that was more consumer oriented, uh, had more longevity. And, uh, so I moved over into insurance. i you know, was on the way home actually from quitting that job because I was not very happy, uh, Mm. there. And, um, I actually just walked into an office and they said, it's amazing. We just had an opening. And I said, well, you don't anymore. I'm here. (laughs) And they laughed and then they hired me. So, (laughs) so I've been there for uh, 12 years now. I'm an executive sales rep, which is the highest ranking rep they have just means you've done, you know, a really good job. Top ten percent uh, in the country for ten years.
0: Wow. So,
2: um, you know, it's not a super exciting job. It's a lot of fun. The people are fun. The uh, best part, though, is, you know, uh, you get to work hard and play hard. Take care of your family. Um, so, it's been great. It's a great career.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah. And and so, you. I mean, like for us, you have our home policy. Right. And I think you actually have our vehicle policies mm-hmm. and then our smart device and all that kind of stuff. Right. I know one of the things that most people are going to want to be interested in hearing about it, like our homeowner's insurance. Yeah. And I know I know that's kind of like a uh, tricky landscape these days, especially mm-hmm. in this area. And and
2: one of the things I know that has come up quite a bit for you is flood insurance. Right. Yeah. Flood insurance right now is very tricky in this area. So. Um, A lot of people that live between Lake Houston and Lake Livingston, Lake Conroe, don't really understand how the reservoirs work. So they just assume the water goes somewhere and everything is fine. They don't know that if the northern reservoir lets all their water out and the lower one doesn't, that they could be flooded at any time. Uh, And we've had people that have said, you know, my house has never flooded. I've never had a problem. And then next thing you know, tax day flood comes and, you know, their million-dollar home has two feet of water in it.
1: Hmm. Um,
2: so it uh, it's interesting. We, we just don't know with all the building going on. Um, Highway 99 was a big change for people in this area. And uh, there were neighborhoods there that had been established for 10, 20 years, never had a flood problem at all. And next thing you know, there's, you know, vehicles driving in their front yards and three feet of water. Yeah, so. I mean, that was a prob- big problem right after Harvey or during Harvey because of the San Jacinto.
0: The yeah. San Jacinto had it crested, right, and they had to do something with the water, and it wound up going places that it had never gone before just because of the way that system just kind of set over Houston, and Lake Conroe didn't release their water in time. And so the, there's been lawsuits yep. that have come up on Lake Conroe going, look, you should have released your water earlier. We told you this storm was coming. Right. And then because you didn't, you you eventually had to release the water. And when you did, that's why the San Jacinto crested. Like, there's all these things that I knew nothing about. Right. But since I live
2: on Lake Conroe, I'm getting all this feed you know, on Facebook. right? And it's crazy. When FEMA comes in, there's a lot of things that just go out the window. Um, so the state all of a sudden doesn't have a lot of control of things. Um, the Corps of Engineers can come in and they can just demand that a waterway is released. And um, then you have people saying, well, this area is already damaged. We might as well not damage other areas. So you have people that have a foot of water in their house. Now they have three feet of water and they're saying, well, why why are we getting all the water? Well, a lot of times they say, well, let's, let's uh, minimize the damage geographically because these homes are already going to you know, suffer quite a bit. Right. So, um, you know, we try to help people solve that problem with um, the FEMA flood insurance, national National flood insurance program. And there's also private carriers out there that will write flood insurance. So each one has its benefits. Um, so you just kind of have to weigh the options depending on where you're located.
0: Yeah. So when, when it comes to other, so, so flood, what would you say is another pretty big one right now that you're dealing with?
2: Well, the biggest thing that we're dealing with right now is after the winter storm. Uh, A lot of people didn't know the the details of their policy when it came to water damage. So you have people that are like, well, you know, if my pipe burst, is that covered? Well, a lot of times it is. Now, if it creates a slow leak, most policies, that's not covered. Right. So you want to make sure you check all the details of the policy. And um, we have a lot of people that are buying insurance online. And that's a big problem. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you wouldn't go to anytime you have a symptom and you're sick, you go online and, you know, you you have the sniffles when all of a sudden you have cancer. And you're, <laughs> you know, you're going to run out and, you know, you Google what's wrong with me and you're trying to figure out if you need chemo or not. Well, it's the same thing with insurance. You know, you go online, you just buy this policy, not realizing, you know, the devil's in the details. Right. So. I do a lot of, of just repair of people's policies and letting them know, you know, like, look, this doesn't cover water backup at all. This doesn't cover slow leaks. It doesn't cover mold, and um, so that that has created quite a bit of, of issue for people.
0: Yeah, I, I was actually in a home today, and they were in the process of gutting it, and they were explaining to me that they had a above garage uh, AUD, mm-hmm. and. And they were I, they were telling me that, like, during the freeze, a pipe had burst under the floor, and basically the second story was caving in mm-hmm. and I was like, "Did insurance cover that?" And they were like, "Well, we had insurance on the house, but we never listed the aUD in the policy, and so the only thing it covered was the pipe,
2: right, and then
0: everything else was just on us, and so we were out twenty grand,
2: yeah, it happens all the time, you know we I tell people. You know, I can save you money. Sometimes I can save you money um, on the front side. You know, most of the time we can. Um, but really, where you want to make sure you're protecting yourself and you're saving money on a policy is when you have a claim, right? Uh, because people will say, "Well, this policy is a hundred dollars less." Well, yeah, it's a hundred dollars less, but let me tell you why. You're going to pay thirty percent depreciation on your roof. Your deductible is two percent. So, on a twenty thousand dollar roof, they're going to pay three, and you're going to pay seventeen. So you saved a hundred dollars, and when you you know have that claim, you're going to end up paying a whole lot more. Yeah. Um. So it it really is you know you got to watch the details, and having an advisor that really knows you know what to do makes a huge difference.
0: Well, like, and if someone doesn't have access to you, right? Like, how could they look at their policy and go like, well, and let's explain what an AUD is real quick. Do you, right. You know, go ahead. Oh, it's it's basically just an, another dwelling. On the property, it's usually like considered like a mother-in-law's place or something like that. Right. Above garage apartments, different things like that, and and people assume that because they have a home policy, that everything's just roped in. That's right. And when that thing is not, I, I well, you can probably explain this better than I can. Mm-hmm. When it when it's not attached to the main dwelling, it's not part of that
2: policy, right? That's right. Okay. So um, other structures are typically included on a policy. Um, but that's meant for like the garage shed and a typical garage doesn't have a mother in law suite on it or an apartment or a bathroom. Yeah. So that's why, you know, it's really important to, to cover those things with your insurance agent when you're talking to them, you know, let them know what's going on because, you know, we don't ask for everything about a policy or everything about your property, but there are certain things that that agent should be asking about. Okay. Um, So I got a question. Okay.
0: Related to something you just said about um, the garage. Mm -hmm. Is there a reason that you know – I've asked too many people this question. They don't know. So maybe you're my guy. Do you know why so many homes in Houston have detached garages? Does it have anything to do with like homeowner's insurance or it's – because it's detached, it's something different in your policy or something because – I've never lived in an area that I've seen more detached garages than in the Houston area. Do you have any insight that you could give me?
2: It, it doesn't have anything to do with insurance. Dang <laughs> it. I, I mean, it, I could see where maybe builders found that uh, found some benefits in it. You know, if you don't have machinery or vehicles that could catch fire and then you know light up your house, I suspect that it was easier to build. Um, there was more land for a lot of the homes around here. We have bigger lots, so you know that may be one of the reasons why it gets your cars further off the street. Um, but you know, other than that, I'm you know really not sure. It doesn't. No, it you're so you're looking do for risk. logic in
0: right, and and that's the problem is that it's stupid <laughs> because now I got to walk outside. I I literally just put my car inside, uh-huh, and now right. I got to walk outside before I can get back. Inside, this is the dumbest idea ever. Well, and, and here's here's where I will, on the rarest of occasions, agree with you. Um, <laughs> is the the biggest problem for me with a detached garage is that they usually ended up connecting it to the main structure, yeah, with a walkway, yeah. yes, a exactly, yeah, yeah. And, and now and, you're putting more concrete down than you probably would have had to do in, otherwise. Well, maybe. But my issue with a breezeway is, like, that is the easiest access for critters to get inside your Into house. Into your house. Because because it's not built quite it's the same way. It's a giant tube. Yep. yep. That just goes well, through your— Well, that's what it is in my house. Yeah. I mean, and I've got, I've got a weird situation. Yours is and attached, it, technically. You would though. think so. No, it's not. It's not. I mean— it looks attached. Doesn't it have probably, a shared wall with your master. It does. Okay. And so it is attached, but there is no access from the garage into the house. Right. So I think technically.
2: So it's attached. You just had a attached. stupid
0: architect. And it's so dumb. <laughs> like if just nothing forgot else, that a doorway. Yeah, right. <laughs> just put a doorway into my into my closet if you have to. That would actually know? be cool. It would be. I actually. Dude, thought we could. About we doing, could do that. It would be so easy. Let's do it. Let's do it. The right power Come, tools tomorrow. Well, tonight, I'm on a jet plane tomorrow. Right. I'm doing nothing at my house tomorrow. So. I'll, I'll, I'll put you in a door and put you a jar of mustard in there.
2: <laughs> Maybe it's a conspiracy by um, by soap providers because you every time you walk outside in Houston, you have to take a shower. Mm, that's or true. It could just be extra sweat, extra soap sales.
0: I'm going to just go with stupidity <laughs> that's what I'm going with because it just makes no sense so it, talking talking about weird stuff in homes I, I ran into one I had not seen before I actually had to call Jay Hugh about it to like see what was going Jay Hugh's the he's been on the show a few times he does air conditioning here in the area affordable okay. air and uh I was at I was at a client's house and I had to go up in the attic they were having some issues wanted me to check it out and I the access to the attic was in the garage, like a pull down door. Right. And so I go up the stairs and there's like, you know, a typical attic above the garage. But then behind that was just a door, like a closet door and, and a wall. And I was like, this is weird. And so I open it up and it opens up into the main cavity of the attic. And when I do that, I get hit with air conditioning. Oh, oh no. And I was like, What is going on? Like, one, thank you. Right. No. Don't don't this suspect is, that. This is quite lovely. Um and so I I go in and I'm, I'm checking stuff out and like in in the attic is a return and a send. And I'm like, "Well, this is bizarre." And it's it's really probably weird. like 73 degrees in there. Nice. I mean, is it is it just like is it just like joists and, and insulation or is it floored? What's going so, on? There's no insulation on the floor. Okay. on the ceiling. Okay, but they have foamed <clears throat> the entire bottom deck of the roof. What? And and so I, when I called Jay Hugh, I was like, "What the heck is going on?" Like, if you guys hear noise, that's the horses. Um, sorry, we have unruly neighbors. That's right. <laughs> um, but and I was like, "What is this?" And he goes, "What well, was there foam on the ceiling?" And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "Yeah, they have to do that when they foam the ceiling." And I said, "Why?" And he goes, "Well, it's basically now a giant uh cooler." Right. And if you don't circulate the air it's you're going to get a lot of mold and mildew because it's there's no way to get that moisture out of there okay and i was like oh well okay well that part makes sense yeah that makes total sense Mm -hmm. but the fact that there is an air conditioning in the attic still makes no sense he the way he said it he said it actually makes the rest of the house more efficient how I Ask him.
2: I don't know. So what's up, dude? I, was, uh, <laughs> Hugh.
0: We I have that on system here. in my
2: home. Do you really? Yeah. So we, have, we, we left the insulation down, but we had the underside of the decking of the roof sprayed with foam. Right, yeah. But we do have a ridge vent. So the ridge vent oh. wasn't sprayed. And so we don't have to do anything in the attic. Nice. Um, but the temperature in the attic is so much cooler. cooler I would cooler imagine, yeah. The normal, but basically it makes the attic into an igloo cooler. Yes. And it keeps positive air pressure in the attic so you don't have transfer between the ceiling of the top floor and the attic. Interesting. Okay. So, well, so it, that, it does that work. It
0: actually makes your attic really viable for storage, though. It does. Yeah. Because yeah. at that point, you've. I mean, I've got an, an attic fan, mm-hmm. which is great because it really – I mean, imagine the attic basically being the same temperature as your garage, Okay, so it, it really significantly brings down the the temperature of your attic, but I mean my attic is it's not air conditioned, no. In air conditioning, you can put whatever you want to up there. Uh, I don't know what point. you guys are complaining. I've evolved beyond attics. No, you just turned yours into a floor. <laughs> you, I was talking to my wife about your house the other night because uh, we, we we found a, a piece of property that I need to show you. And I was like, this makes Craig's house look cool. <laughs> because – and I was telling uh, my, my wife, I was like, look, we always refer to Craig's houses: first floor, second floor, second and a half floor. Okay. And then the third floor. Right. right which is – Completely accurate. It's yeah, yeah. It's so. multi-tiered system. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. chalet. <laughs> well, it's it's unique, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, you don't have attics. Nope, <laughs> not at all. No, no. <laughs> most people in don't. In fact, use them. in fact, the attic that you did have, you turned into a, a basically a suite. You are talking up, about right up here, up, right above us? Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. still some attic space up there, but like, yeah, there's like a two bedroom thing now, which is awesome. Yeah. Shh, right. No. <laughs> you don't know him. what, what he, hey ryan no what else um what else He's gotta go you gotta go home and be yeah, like i
2: gotta rewrite right. craig's but that's, that's definitely right. an endorsement on your policy right there
0: all right cool so you do at this point i know you do flood insurance mm-hmm. i know you do uh what did we just get through talking about i oh. already forgot we were talking about yeah. flooding but flooding well we talked about flooding and then we also talked about something else, yeah, but homeowners insurance. Homeowners insurance. Yep. Okay. Um, let's let's talk about something a little more obscure. Well, it, but before we do that, I want to I want to go through some extreme cases on the homeowners insurance okay, side. Okay. Let's do it. Oh, nice. Okay. You ready? Yeah. All right. Let's. Maybe we can do this like a fire round.
2: Okay. okay. Let's do
0: it. Fi- well, no pun intended, y'all. That's right. <laughs> so, well, let's let's
2: go with uh, current hurricanes. Yes. Okay. So, what? How does that work? So a hurricane is a named storm by NOAA, right? So in this area, <laughs> most of the most of the damage that you see from a hurricane is going to be flooding because our homes are really built to withstand hurricanes. Um, so you know, mostly like from wind and yeah, okay. from wind. And then we also we have a lot of roughage, which uh-huh. is a term in, in uh insurance. It's like not a salad. Stuff that I was gonna yeah. say stuff that rabbits <laughs> eat what are we talking about here? Have a salad. <laughs> right. <laughs> You'll feel better. <laughs> That's right. yeah. Exactly. You no know, trees, buildings, things that will break up the wind basically. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Hurricane Harvey is a perfect example. We didn't really have a lot of wind damage here. Um, But we had lots of flooding. Yeah. So, you know, it just dumps on tons of rain.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, But typically a hurricane deductible in this area is 2% um, of your home dwelling. So if you have a $100,000 home, that's a $2,000 deductible. Cool. So. All right. Fires. Fires are just a a regular peril. So you could have a deductible as low as $500 on that. Um, But, you know, fire is really devastating because of the smoke as well. So our fire departments are really good. So they can usually get to a home where it only damages maybe a quarter of the home, um, and then they're able to save it. So really, the the main damage that you have is smoke, and then the actual water from the fire department putting the fire out.
0: Yeah. So a lot of a lot of what what the insurance ends up paying for is the smoke remediation, and yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So most of the homes, you know, it it really comes down to gutting the homes, uh, unfortunately, taking
0: it down to the studs, taking them
2: down to the studs. Um, Some sometimes we have to scrape the whole lot. Oh wow! Um, so it really just depends on how hot the fire was.
0: Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, tornadoes.
2: Tornadoes. That's wind and hail. Okay. So your wind and hail deductible that you see on your policy, um, you know, usually one, two, three percent. It just depends on your policy, but um, you know, again, that's that's a crazy one. So tornadoes, you can't build a house to withstand a tornado. Right. You have wind going.
0: And five I guess you could go mountains. like subterranean, but
2: well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there are some of those around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So um, sometimes we see wind-driven rain with tornadoes. So yeah. you'll have a tornado real close to your house, and wind is going like through the windows up into the attic. It's pretty crazy. Um, but you know, uh, that's another thing. You know, the devil's in the details. A lot of policies don't cover wind-driven rain, mm. so you got to make sure that's in there. So would that would that be the same coverage for a
0: haboob? A haboob. Yeah. What's a haboob? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) I was set up on that. So, um, I grew up in West Texas. Okay. And in West Texas, and there are other places like a lot of like, uh, like Saudi Arabia desert areas. Um, they have these things called haboobs, and a haboob is basically a a a cloud a wall cloud of of dust of dirt. And so you can see this thing coming for miles because it's just a wall of dirt, and it hits you uh, just like you know, just like driving rain would, right? Right. You see it coming, and all of a sudden you can see it in your front yard, but it's not the backyard type of thing. Right. It's a very same thing, but it's just dirt. Oh, wow. And it, it is uh,
2: – yeah, yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, it would be under wind. Wind is causing all that dust to come in and whatever damage it does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Trees. Trees. Yeah. dead or alive. Ooh, well,
0: yeah, yeah. See, there you go. That's a question. Yeah, that's actually a really good song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's
2: let's let's start with the live ones and work our way to the dead ones. Okay. All right. <laughs> so uh, the main concern people have with live ones um, is, well, either way, the main concern people have is um, from wind blowing them over. Okay. So when you have a live tree, it's um, and it's blown over, we consider that an act of God or nature. Um, so. If your tree falls on your neighbor's house, it's not your fault. Their homeowner's insurance pays for that. Hmm. Um, Now, if you let the tree die and you just left it there, that would be neglect. And even if wind blows it over because it was dead, then that would be on you and on your liability of your your insurance. If it falls on your neighbor, if it falls on your own, then you know you've got to go through the insurance and try to figure out you know it was this dead, was this negligence, right? Um, so you know it really depends on your adjuster that comes out to look at things.
0: All right. So, so on that, so if my tree falls on my neighbor's house. Mm-hmm their insurance is going to cover it not mine if
2: the tree was alive
0: if yeah okay if the tree was alive right 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 but
2: is it a zero deductible at that point no they they pay their wind and hail deductible whatever that is yeah (laughs) so they're out
0: their deductible even though it's my tree that falls on their house
2: that's right that's crappy well for them <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. them you know it could happen to you as well, yeah so yeah, you know one thing about insurance is it's like the lottery that everyone cashes out on at some point
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know because if you play the lottery all the time, you're probably never gonna win right if you pay your insurance all the time, chances are you're gonna get a payout
3: yeah
1: at yeah.
2: some point so it it really is a one of those things where you're like, okay, do I have eighty thousand dollars to repair my home No, okay yeah. well I'm pretty happy to pay this three grand. You right. know, to get everything replaced yeah. and taken care of. So. Well, yeah, no,
0: we, we, uh, Craig and I have a friend who, you know, going back to the, to the storm, their house, a the freeze. Yeah. The, the freeze they, mm-hmm. their house completely flooded because of a burst pipe in their attic Yep. and insurance is paying a hundred percent of everything. Good. You know, they're, yeah. And they're, they're very, very blessed. And the really, really cool thing is they were planning on moving out of that house within the next couple of years anyway. So now they're basically getting a brand new home. Right. I mean, almost, I mean, they, they took tile out. Yeah. Okay. So everything had to come out and uh, took you know, down to the studs and um, basically getting a brand new home. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get to sell it for stupid top dollar. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, in a hot market. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty great deal. Now, it, it stinks because that was back in February, right? Right. And yeah. here we are in June, and they're still... I they're, mean, they're just probably, now getting back in it. Yes, yeah. they're probably two months out still, I'm yeah. guessing. Well, I, there's
2: a lot of labor shortages, material shortages. Exactly. Um, so you know, that's one thing that people are dealing with right now is inflation. So inflation protection on your homeowner's policy is a huge deal mm. um, because it keeps you from having to pay extra when the cost of lumber triples. The insurance wow. policy will help absorb that change.
0: Wow. Well, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because this is something I've been I've been walking around with the the idea with a lot of different people on this right now is mm-hmm. the idea that like okay so five years ago I set up my homeowner's policy right right and, and when I bought the home I paid 150 thousand dollars for it. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's 2021 and everyone's gone insane. Right. And now my home is worth 250 thousand dollars at least. And like that may not even cover the you know the material cost of the home if i have to go buy materials to do any sort of repairs right how does how does that work because i know like your premiums are based off of the value of your home well if my premium is only valued at 150,000 when i bought the house 5 years ago but now it's worth 250,000 Right. or oh, 20 years ago. even. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, and I would assume over 20 years your your policy's been adjusted Maybe. and things like that. Um I don't know how often you Maybe. guys re readjust, I mean, adjust uh, those things. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't though. So what what happens in that scenario where someone, you know, has something catastrophic that happens to their home like say like right now and 5 years ago their policy was you know, set up at a $100,000 value, which is not unheard of. Right. You know, where their, their home is, you know, increased in value that much. How does how does
2: that work now? Well, I think that's that's one thing that you have to um, kind of educate people on. Uh-huh. So when I talk to people, they'll say, well, I, I'm paying 300000 for this house. You know, hey, I understand. Um, 30% of that value is builder profit. Uh, 40% of that value is your lot. You know, um then it's in the heights, so it's you know worth x because of that. Um, what we look at is the rebuild cost, so the value of that has nothing to do with it
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: so the if when i go to if I go to Lowe's to buy a two by four to fix your house, they're not going to say, "Well, is your house in Conroe or is it in river oaks <laughs> they They don't care right you know? yeah. when we hire a contractor, we tell them this is what you're going to build." He doesn't raise his price because it's in River Oaks or lower it because he only has to go five miles to the location. So you, this is when your insurance professional really comes in. What they should be doing is a replacement cost estimate, and then that estimate should be updated at least every two years. Oh, wow. The best companies um, like Liberty Mutual, A-rated companies like that, are going to update that every year, and then on top of that they're going to have an inflation protection Um, piece in their policy so that says, you know, if because of inflation, your rebuild cost goes up, we'll cover up to an extra 10, 20, 30% um, to to cover all. Okay. So it should be automatically updated. And a lot of people will come and say, you know, well, I haven't had any claims. Why is my rate going up? Well, the cost of labor is going up. The cost of materials is going up. Just like your friends, if they paid $200,000 for their house... And they just rebuilt it, and it was you know two hundred thousand dollars to completely rebuild the home. they had to use all new materials right they had to use new labor. You can't buy old labor right right So you'll have people that say, "Well, my house is was built in nineteen seventy Why is it three hundred thousand dollars Well, because it's twenty eight hundred square feet right right So we have to build you a new house exactly how it was. You know, there's some wiggle room here. And sure, there. but today's but cost. Today's cost, right? So um, you'll 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 see that a lot. Um, I have people that will call from the Heights, River Oaks, you know, all those areas, and they'll say, "Well, you know, I paid a million dollars for the home," and I, you know, I have to kind of educate them and say, "Well, you know, let's look at Hcad, you know, the county appraisal district, and say, okay, well, your lot is worth five hundred thousand, and the improvements, which is your house, is worth 500000 thousand." So that's what we need to insure for. What we rebuild that part, um, we can't rebuild your land. We don't insure the land or the location. So there's a lot that goes into it, and a lot of people will just say, "Well, I paid three hundred thousand. I'm going to go, and I, I need three hundred thousand in insurance." And it may be way too much, and in that case, you're paying for a higher deductible than you need to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, or you know, it could be way too little. Just it really depends on the property.
0: I was going to say, what what you're talking about right there is actually it gives you the
2: ability to, to lower their premiums, from what I'm gathering. Right, if it makes sense. Yeah, you yeah. want to make sure that you have the right amount of coverage. So uh, a lot of people don't know that there are penalties in insurance if you are underinsured. Hmm. So if your home is 80% or more uh, or less insured, so if you're at 79% of what it should be, well, then every claim you make can be penalized by 21% Jeez. and and more. So if you're underinsured, they can come in and say, well, you know, we found that your home was 30% underinsured on your $10,000 claim. So now we're only paying 7000 less your deductible of 3000 So now we're paying $3,000 on a $10,000 claim. And all you had to do was pay an extra 50 bucks a year <laughs> to have the right amount of coverage. Right. Um, And really, that comes down to your agent. You know, your agent should be watching out for you. That's why they call us fiduciaries, because we're supposed to be helping you protect yourself financially. So that's why you have to have a quality agent that really pays attention to all those things.
0: Yeah. Well, before we get too much further, then let me ask you this. How do you find a quality agent?
2: Well, you know, I think referrals are one of the best ways to do that. Um, You also want to look at the quality of the company they work for. So um, you know, if you look at State Farm, Farmers, Allstate, um, Liberty Mutual, you're going to find highly educated uh, people that have that are doing continuous education. They have a lot of training through the company that's continuous as well, and they don't just hire anybody. Um, so when you call into you know these online companies, the person you're talking to could be there for a week or five years. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know. So really, the the best thing to do is find somebody. You know a friend, family member that has had a great experience with their agent. Find out who that is and talk to them. Call that agent and even interview them. How long have you been doing this? You know what company do you work for? Why are you better? Um, And the ones that you know really are, they'll be able to tell you like this is why I'm better. Sure. You know, just like Excalibur. You know, Mm -hmm. if you if somebody said, well, why shouldn't I use Terminex? And you just kind of want to giggle, right? You want to laugh like, <laughs> oh, let me tell you.
0: Um,
2: but it's very easy to lay that out and right. say, here are the reasons why. Um, and that's that's a huge thing. You don't want to trust your financial stability on getting the wrong policy because the person just doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. It, is, is Lemonade one of
0: those? Is that
2: is that one of those new online ones? It is a new online one. Is that is that homeowner's insurance? They are... Dabbling in homeowners, they did a lot of renters. Uh, oh, but now okay. they're kind of moving toward, towards homeowners. And they, they do have a commercial that um, they're like, well, we thought we were going to rent it. And then we just said, change it to a homeowner. We're going to buy it. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, if it was only that easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Well, because how many, okay, sidebar for a minute, how many renters, um, that home let's say it's a home how many how many of those are up for sale (laughs) there's a reason that that place is for rent right Right. some investor has gone in and said look this is making me a ton of money I'm not turning around and selling that thing to you no no no. way it's not that easy
2: no they're they're letting you pay
0: for it that's exactly right in sidebar yeah yeah well, and usually that happens after like a renter's been there more than like ten or fifteen years. It's possible yeah. that it could happen, but I mean, the, the reality of it is, most of the time, the renter's going, "You're paying my rent, you're, yeah. you're paying my mortgage." That's right. And I want that asset. Yeah. You know, unless you're going to pay me top dollar for that, I'm just going to keep on letting you pay my mortgage or let somebody else do it.
2: That's right. Most you of know? the time, those investors are buying that home. They know their total monthly payment mm-hmm. is sixteen hundred bucks or whatever, and they're thinking, okay, I need three hundred bucks a month for maintenance until this thing is paid off, and so they're charging you two grand. Yep. And you're really only paying for a sixteen hundred dollar piece of property. That's exactly right. Yep.
0: And, and I something that that you brought up right there, I think is important. There is a big difference between renters insurance. And homeowners insurance. Oh, yes. Yeah. Huge difference.
2: So what, could you explain that to us? Yeah. I mean, so insurance is all about insurable um, interest. Mm-hmm. So it, the only way you can insure something is if you own it. You have to replace it. It all goes back to maritime law which is crazy. Um, (laughs) We could talk all night about that. But um, that's why you see in insurance, you'll hear terms like inland marine. Uh Uh, um, So if I own a vessel, then I can insure it because I have the chance of loss, right? So when you go into an apartment, the only thing that you have the chance of losing is um, liability losses. So somebody sues you for negligence or something like that. Um, and whatever you take into it, your personal property. So anything that you take into a property that would easily be taken out. So a lot of times we say, well, if you took your home and shook it and everything that falls out, that's your personal property. So if you take a TV in somewhere and you screw it into the wall, it's now part of the structure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty interesting. But with so Renters if I nailed down my couch... <laughs> You would just be kind of crazy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It would still be personal property. Okay. Got it. <laughs> things that are meant to be a fix. Okay. Got building. it. But So renter's insurance really just covers your things. Um, so you'll see a lot of policies that start off with $5,000 in coverage for personal property. Um, but you'd also see a lot of apartment complexes and landlords require 100000 in liability. Mm-hmm. The reason they're doing that is so if you damage that location – uh, when you leave, because that does happen, people get mm-hmm. evicted. All the time. Then they can go back to the insurance company and make a claim mm. for all of the repairs. So that's the main reason why they want that liability on that apartment. Okay. So, like in
0: an apartment complex, sometimes they're
2: making you get it renters insurance. Yeah, and no, it's own. part of the lease agreement. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So if you're a landlord, that's one thing that you know. I I tell people, you know, listen, make sure every single one of them has every single one of your renters has a renter's policy uh, because you want to be able to protect your asset with that liability claim. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good to know. Yeah.
0: Make them, make them pay. Yeah. can pay. <laughs> Do you have any more um, lightning round stuff for him? I think I'm good. Okay. If I think of any more, I'll just throw them at him. Yeah, okay. we're good. He's good. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right, so – Flood insurance, homeowners insurance. What about auto?
2: We take care of auto.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I think that auto's interesting, and and the reason it's interesting to me is because I have a vehicle that's virtually uninsurable because it's got a salvage title on it. That's right. So um, it's an older vehicle. It's an 04. Okay. But it's freaking sweet. It's a Ford Excursion. It's a beast. It's a beast. It's kind of a unicorn. There's not a lot of them out there anymore. They actually didn't make very many of them to begin with. I think right. in I think total they made like 205,000 of them. Okay, yeah. so that that's not very many. Um, but it it was involved in a front uh front end collision. Right. And it really didn't do much damage. I mean, it didn't get into the frame. It didn't get into the engine. It the, the airbags didn't even deploy, but Insurances were like we don't want to deal with that. Right. Like, There's only two hundred five thousand of those. We can't find parts for it. We can't do this. You know all that. So they just totaled it. Right. And so somebody bought it at an auction, fixed it up. I bought it pretty cheap, but now it's got a salvage title to it. So, which is fine for me. I've decided it's okay to have that. Um, but man, getting insurance for that thing was not easy. I yeah. had to. I had to be there was only a couple of places that I could find that would actually even insure it right. at all yeah so it, it, it's kind of interesting there there's you know you look at some of that kind of stuff and you're like man insurance can be kind of tricky it can be so
2: yeah i mean the so with salvage titles it's interesting because you have a a vehicle that we cannot easily verify the safety of it right so in auto insurance Vehicles replacing vehicles, that's easy, mm-hmm. right? You just you take it to the shop or you total it out. The most expensive part of your um, your auto insurance is bodily injury.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So we, you know, a, a hospital ride um, in an ambulance is fifty grand, right? You know, so what the reason why those salvaged vehicles are hard to insure is for, for that very reason. We can't say necessarily that it is safe or that it's up to spec. So there are companies that will insure them fully, but you have to go through an inspection process. You have to pay for that. It's usually between five and six hundred dollars for that inspection, which may be worth it. Um, and then you have to find a company that will do that will mm-hmm. write full coverage on it. So
0: yeah, I, I wound up going with just liability only, right. which again, I mean it's a it's a sixteen year old vehicle at this mm-hmm. point. Um, a lot of people aren't carrying full insurance on that kind of vehicle to begin with right um, but I mean I, I would if it was an option but it's not an option and the other thing is my liability coverage on that vehicle is probably equal to what full coverage would have been if it didn't have the salvage title that, because right. they're basically like you said they're they're going look we're taking this on the chin. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're 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 going to assume that you're a safe driver, right? And that you're not going to get an accident because right. if you
2: do, we're, everybody's up a creek. Well, and you know? with a salvaged vehicle, um, it's less about the driver than it is the integrity of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may hit those brakes and they just don't work.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you may hit something and the frame crumples mm-hmm. and the way it's not supposed to. Sure. So most frames are actually supposed to bend. Um, but if it <laughs> right. if it doesn't work properly, then everyone in your vehicle could be injured everyone mm-hmm. in the next vehicle you know uh, could be injured as well. so that's really the the, the biggest thing on that. but yeah. with a vehicle that's approaching 20 years, you may actually be able to go to a company like Haggerty and get it classified as a restored vehicle mm. and get full coverage on it. But it's going to be expensive. Yeah. It's, you're, you're going to pay a pretty penny. Yeah. You're going to pay a pretty penny. Yeah. But, you know, for some people, it's worth it. I've always wanted an excursion. We go camping. We have a camping trailer. I have an F 250. And an excursion is basically, you know, the F 250 for your, you know, extended family. Yeah. Your brood of children. <laughs> That's you know? exactly right. And now you know
0: I have one. Exactly. Yeah. And most, I mean, let's just say this. If I hit you, you're. The one that's going to pay. Yeah. No, well, your insurance is the one that's going to pay. It's yeah. your fault. <laughs> yeah, because, well, I'm just saying, it,
2: that thing's a beast. Yeah, they're very it's, heavy. They're, they're very heavy.
0: heavy. In fact, uh, a little piece of trivia, uh, they did a, a weight comparison mm-hmm. whenever they, they put these things out. The only uh, personal vehicle that was heavier at the time was a Hummer. Like like the H one original the Hummer. Right. Number two, excursion. Yeah. Thing was it was heavy. They're they're pretty awesome. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. <laughs> I love mine. Are so. the diesels heavier than the gasoline ones? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah they I would are seems mine's it mine's a V ten gasoline, which a V ten, I mean that thing's it's That's it's insane. huge. Yeah. But but the V eight diesel is still heavier. They they've got <laughs> I mean, little things, like they got two batteries in them, right? right. So like it, it, little things here and there that just make the diesels heavier. Yeah. So, hmm. anyway. But, okay, let, let, let's get away from salvage for a minute. Okay. Um, what about, uh, I mean, is there anything that we should talk about regarding just auto insurance in general?
2: I think the biggest thing that people need to realize is um, that auto insurance is really a financial product. You know, we look at it as replace my car or fix my car. But the biggest part of that is protecting you from damage that could happen financially as well. So let's say you hit somebody and they find out, oh, Craig, you know, he owns a business. He's got a nice big property. He's got a nice vehicle. Um, You know, I live in an apartment and I'm down on my luck. So I think I'm going to sue. Right. And we're in Houston. There are plenty of lawyers with nothing to do. Yep. Right? Yeah. So they're gonna come after you. Right. And so let's say they have actual damages, you know, that are a hundred thousand dollars in damages and you've only got fifty thousand in coverage,
1: yep. they're
2: coming after you for the extra fifty. Yeah. Right? right. So that's why I recommend, you know, if if you're a homeowner, you should have at least a hundred thousand for a single person bodily injury limit, three hundred thousand for a single event. Um, you know, so if you're driving down the road, you hit a bus full of nuns, three hundred <laughs> thousand dollars in coverage, right? right? Um so that's gonna protect you. Now if a lawyer comes and he looks and says, Well, he she looks and says, This person has a million dollars in assets, they're not gonna stop at the three hundred thousand. Right. They're gonna come for the rest. Yeah. So the more assets you build, the more coverage Protection, you really yeah. need. And it's one of those you got know, you gotta pay to play. Yeah, I mean, that know? happened to us not too long ago. Uh, it was ridiculous. Truck of nuns? No,
0: not that <laughs> one. So the excursions wife, are got He's got, on. Yeah, no, he's no, got no, on no. all the nuns I, in the excursion. That's right. Catholicism just <laughs> raises his hackles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, so my wife was uh, coming home from picking my kids up from school. Okay. And she was stopped at a stoplight. Uh, the story goes that my my wife heard my son ask a question. She kind of turned around. What'd you say? And the next thing she knew, she bumped the person in front of her. I mean, it was like the slightest of bumps. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just took a little pressure off of the of the brake. She's not even real sure what happened. Right. Um. But you know, they stopped. The lady gets out. It's in front of her. Are you okay? Is everybody okay? Yep. We barely touched you. Is there any damage? No, there's no damage. I mean, even on our vehicle, which was a Honda Odyssey, that those things are just made of like plastic. <laughs> Um, it it no damage. Like I couldn't even find a scratch on the on our vehicle. Right. So it was kind of like, all right, well, nothing happened. Everything's good. We'll see you later. Um, and my wife was just like, kind of like, what? Well, I don't even know what happened. So she was like, if you're good, I'm good. And so they left. Mm-hmm. Six months later, we get a, a claim in against us. Right, that this lady had been in hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of of doctors because of the the physical problems that she had. Right, you know, neck injury, back injury, all of these sorts of things, and so our our uh, it was actually one of the lawyers from the insurance company that called us. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Look, we got a problem. Here's what happened," and my wife was like going. It, it was it was nothing. Like, honestly, I, I don't even know what happened. And, yep. like, my wife was actually – she told me she's like, now that I'm hearing this, I'm wondering if she backed into me. You know, like at the light. It happens. That she backed into me on purpose. And then now we have this whole thing. Well, this dragged on for like in a year and a half. And, and we're getting phone calls here and there, back and forth. And it turns out, like, we were being told, you may have to come into court, like, for this. And uh, we finally found that they settled out of court for $50,000. Oh, my gosh. She got $50,000 out of this deal. And our insurance, and this is a small amount for what it was, but I'm like, our insurance went up 50 bucks a month. Right. It's like $600 a year our insurance went up because... Of this weird situation that nobody ever found themselves, you know, would ever be in. Right. And now we're in it. And so you're you're sitting here, you're you're preaching to the choir on this. Yeah. Make sure you've got enough insurance that says, Look, we are going to you know, vouch
2: for you right if something
0: crazy like that happens.
2: Exactly. You know? Yeah. Oh, I was pissed. Yeah. It <laughs> happens way more than you think. It happens a lot.
0: Yeah, scam artist. Yeah, Are, is there anything happening in your in your industry to try and curtail some of that kind of stuff?
2: So um, there is. You know, we we do try to um, get people to video. We we try to work on things like that. There's there's things that we can do. Um, social media is actually a huge tool mm-hmm. for our industry because you know that lady may have said, well. You know, here at aerobics. You know, two weeks later, right? And then we walk into court and say, well, you know, is aerobics part of your therapy? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because you you said you were here there. Um, So there the investigations we we actually hire former private investigators. Uh, We hire um, you know criminal investigators Mm -hmm. to work in our industry when they're done working for the police forces, and they will they will find out what's going on. Yeah. so, Um, So so come to find out. This was like
0: three or four claims that she had had, right? Of course. Like this was not the first one, and, and every time it was with the same doctor. Yeah. Right? And so she was kind of working with this other guy, and and basically what the lawyer was telling me was, look, our, our I mean, our hands are tied because right. the police never came. Right. If the police came and could have looked at her and said, there was no damage, she was walking around fine. That would have been the end of it. Yeah. But since that never happened, it was her word against ours. And, right. And so there's another thing there, right? Like always make sure the police come.
2: Yeah. So right. I tell my clients, as soon as you're in an accident, um, it, you can video. Mm-hmm. So it's only a one-person consent state. So you can start videoing everything. Uh, and there's no reason why you shouldn't do that. Then if it's the other person's fault – You should go ahead and collect their insurance information and do not give them yours. Mm. If it's not your fault, they don't need it. Mm. Because what they'll do is they'll take that and call and say, she backed into me or he backed, Mm. you know, he was doing, he was on his phone or whatever. Uh, The next thing that I tell people is once you have that insurance information in your hands, call when you're there and verify, uh, especially with the officer there because there is so much fraud out there where people will call buy a policy they get the ID cards and then they cancel the policy mm. and so you have people driving around with ID cards that look current and they're not next thing you know you go home you get around to calling and filing the claim and they say well there's no policy wow. so i i go so far as i will call with the person standing there and i will say You know, I'm here with your client. This is the policy number. They hit me and they're going to tell you what happened and how they are at fault. Here's the person. And I hand the phone to the person and say, This is your insurance company. You need to admit what you did. Wow. And they'll say, Yeah, you know, I hit him. It was my fault, yada, yada. (laughs) Then I'll get the phone back and say, You know, okay, what's my claims number? You know, and I just handle it all right there. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as soon as people leave the scene, all the stories change. Sure. Yep. All the stories change. So sometimes people misremember, you know, and it's innocent, but a lot of times it's not. It's not. Dude, yeah. that that was
0: valuable golden information <laughs> that you just gave. Like, I think that was... That no, was, I, don't, I don't think most people do that. No. I think they just exchange information and go about their day.
2: Right. right. Because you're already rattled. Uh, you're upset that it happened, especially if it's your fault. You know, you feel terrible. Um, but... You know, it it really is the right thing to do. You know, they they kinda like the I want to be in the room where it happened. I mean Yeah. Go well ahead and, and you're get it done. and
0: you're typically going somewhere. Exactly. I mean how many times do you get in your car and like I'm going nowhere?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Never. Let right? me out of the car. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like no, you're going somewhere, exactly. you're in a hurry, yeah. now you're late. All of those things. Right. It's like let me just get out of this as quickly as I possibly can. Yeah. And you, you're, you're, like you said, you're rattled. All of these things. So stop. Take a breath. Right. Call the police. Call the insurance. Take care of business. I mean, that thing can wait. This is the thing that's staring you in the eyes. Exactly. Right? It, yeah. Is, is the reason
2: Mark. is the reason people are afraid to call the police because they're afraid they're going to get a ticket? Uh, I think that's part of it. Yeah. Um, and then they don't want to, like you said, they don't want to wait, you know, because that is a low priority call. Right. So the police officer may take 20 minutes to get there. Right. And then if you're in a parking lot, they're just going to say, well, you're on private property. There's nothing we could do. Wow. Um, so I think Lacey had that happen with someone backing into her in the parking lot yeah. saying it was her fault. Well, it's, you know, private property. There's no camera. You know, what do you do? Um, So, but I see that those mistakes happen a lot to young drivers. Mm -hmm. So kids, you know, that are out, the teenagers, they don't know what to do. The adult takes advantage of the situation. And so it would be really good for people with young drivers to sit down and walk through that and even role play with them, Mm -hmm. you know, and say, hey, what are you going to say? You know, let's practice what you're going to say, what you're going to do. Um so that could that could be something that families want to do with their young drivers.
0: Yeah, so how important would you say especially for a young driver but for anybody with these traffic cams what are they called?
2: Are you talking about dash, dash cams? cams dash dash cams, cams, yeah. How 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 strongly do you advise those? Um well, I mean it, it is admissible so, you know, if you're a great driver, it's probably good to have one. If you're a bad one, you might want to turn it off. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think that they're a great thing. You know, there are apps you can put on your cell phone now um, that act as a dash cam. Um, so it stores it online. There's a lot of different options out there now. Hmm. So, I mean, it's, it could be a very good tool. And it, I know that it is admissible in court. So, that's well, a good and, thing and, to have.
0: And you guys even have like smart devices, or is, is there is it just an app that like tracks your your driving safety?
2: Yeah. So we have um, Liberty Mutual has what's called Right Track, and it's a, we now have Right Track Mobile, so it's on your phone, and it tracks your your motion. So it can tell how quickly you accelerate, how quickly you stop, what time of day you're driving, uh, where you are, um, and all that data is being collected. And we provide that to the owner of the policy so parents can see what the kids are doing. Um, and then some of that data comes back to the company. So the reason that they, the companies do that is twofold. You know, Number one, um, we want to give people a chance to get a bigger discount. Um, prove that you're a better driver, right? right. Um, but number two, we're collecting all that data so that we can adjust our rates based on the risk in your area. So, you know, we know where you're going, how fast people are going. So, it you know, insurance companies are, um, in a really bad way of explaining it, giant data companies Uh for making bets. So we're just going to say to you, hey, I bet you your premium that, you know, you're not going to have an accident. And if you do, we'll pay for it. Right. No, absolutely. Well, that – I mean, it's one of those things that that
0: makes sense because – you're really as an insurance company, you're you're responsible for so many things. Right. And so the more information you have, the the better you're
2: able to cover people. Exactly. And the better you're able to protect yourselves. I mean it's a two way right. street. It there's is there's no doubt. It is. You know, and the lower risk you are, the better credit you have, the less uh, accidents, claims, all of that you have, the less you're gonna pay. Right. um because that's what's fair to everybody in the risk pool. Hmm. So, wow. Yeah. Well, we've been we've been talking for about an hour now.
0: So, what other things would you say? I mean, we've talked about flood insurance, we've talked about actually quite a few casualty things. Mm-hmm. Uh we've talked about uh homeowners insurance, auto insurance. Uh maybe we should hit on things like um like additional insured. So for like like rings and oh, yeah. you know like sports memorabilia
2: things right. like that, uh, maybe we should hit on that for, for a minute. Yeah, definitely. And and you know watches are one of those things. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of companies that do smartwatch coverage. Um, you can add it on your homeowners policy. You can get what's called an inland marine floater policy that will cover you know special things like watches, uh, rings, jewelry, all those types, uh, artwork. Um, But, you know, there are certain things that you want to go to your insurance company for. And sometimes you want to go to a dealer for. Mm. So you if you're buying art, you know, you may want to use that that company's recommended policy for that. Um, If you're collecting, you know, sports memorabilia, your homeowner's insurance policy is probably not the best for that. You can actually go to a dealer association and buy insurance on whatever you purchased. Hmm. Um, just because it's it's hard, it's kind of an intangible, right? A baseball call, baseball card is just a piece of paper, right? Right, with some ink on it. Um, so how do you really pay to replace that? Some of them are irreplaceable. Yeah. yeah. Um, so sometimes it's good to go to your homeowners company or um, you know a, a company like Jewelers Mutual or um, you know some of the Haggertys that that insure art sometimes it's better to, to find an association that will ensure those. Um, so it can be pretty specialized.
0: So could I mean with these art, so I collect art, right? The original pieces and do they do they do them by collection
2: or they do them by individual piece? They can do them either way. Okay. So it really just depends on how the expert will value it. Okay so because some pieces of art, if you have one, it's worth say 100 bucks, but if you have both of them, in a set of two, it could be worth five hundred. Right. Um, so it really just depends on that expert's opinion.
0: Okay. Yeah. Like so. So just everybody. So everybody knows the the piece actually behind Ryan is an original piece. Uh, I think we have like six by that artist that we inherited, and all of them I think now are over a hundred years old. Wow. And so, <clears throat> it's just an artist from Florida. I mean, it's not flashy, but they're cool pieces. Yeah. Um. And so like it's, I've often wondered like. Should I insure these things? And like, and, and part of my my difficulty in making that decision is, well, like you said, like if something happens to them, I can't replace those. Right, right. Like the only thing there is the monetary value, and that would just feel sort of, to me, it would feel sort of cheap in like getting that money. It's better than nothing. Right. But you know, you know what I mean. I mean, it's like yeah.
2: I still don't have the painting. Well, it has intrinsic value, right? Right. It has, um, because of your interest in it, it's worth a certain amount. Um, and that that changes over time. Um, so, like, my wife bought me a, a watch for my birthday. Well, it's now worth $800 more than it was worth um, a year ago. Oh, wow. Right? And so, but two years from now, it could be worth $800 less. Um, so, it just depends uh, on, you know, if you want to replace it, is it worth it to you? Um because insurance is just like I said, it's a transfer of risk so if you lost this artwork you might want to replace it with something
3: mm-hmm.
2: um it may not be you know by you know who is it Hodge it uh-huh. may not be his um but it could be something that you appreciate so it it really just depends on how much risk you want to you know take keep or give away
0: yeah so I' will tell a funny it's for me, it's funny. The, this artist that... I have a lot of his pieces in my house. His name is Merv. Okay. Um, and I I want to say he's from the Philippines. Is he the same guy that does the uh, air filters? No. Okay. Just check. It. Totally different guy. Okay. okay. Anyway, he, he did these really cool uh, multi-panel abstracts. Okay. Um, and I, I think I bought them all like 10 or 15 years ago. Well, uh, anyway one of them that he he initially sent me like it came and it was like ripped and broken he he replaced it it wasn't the same painting i ended up having that one repaired but i because i liked it so much but right. he sent me something else and I, I have a few more of his pieces and but i think i looked up i looked up his art cuz i think he's doing stuff in new york now and he paints sheep now like cartoon sheep mm-hmm and it's like, he was doing like these really cool sophisticated abstracts that I really dug and I was like, well, maybe I'll just buy some more now. And it's sheep. It's
2: so, like, it's like really like corny. Is this body painting on sheep or is this a paint of paintings of like sheep? Okay. Like, Cause I mean, if you're going to buy sheep, with paint on them it's probably not <laughs> worth very much. No, no. <laughs> I
0: can't imagine cartoon sheep are worth much. Yeah. Either, either. way, no. you're getting taken to the cleaners. Like it's yeah. I was just like, what happened to you, man? It's like who, like he he was, he was probably involved in a front end collision. Probably it's like, most probably likely didn't here's, he on. Here's, here's here's Starry Night. Now I'm gonna do Calvin and Hobbes. Yes, uh, right, <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly right. Well, and then that's the thing is you the the value of the art that you purchased could have just like gone out the window. You do not right. know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, no,
0: stop doing that. Right. He must have found a buyer. You know, that's just like really in, i don't know. Who knows? <laughs> well, I mean, I've got I I, I think I mentioned it uh, before, but I've got a ton of Nolan Ryan memorabilia. Oh, awesome. A ton of it. Yeah. Like I mean I I mean, just just in raw dollars that I've spent, it's ten grand. Wow. Just in raw dollars. Yeah, and, and the value is going it's, up. All it's it's the going time. up all the time. And once Nolan Ryan dies, and that will be a very sad day well the uh, president
2: but, of texas dies it's sad exactly right. exactly <laughs> so. no we we're in complete agreement yes
0: uh, but you know having all of that stuff like there's some there's raw value in it as well as in like you said the intrinsic value of like just personally that is obviously special to me right so you know it's important to make sure and i, I guess that's really where i'm going whenever i ask about this additionally insured stuff is um just make sure you know what you have, mm-hmm. and 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 insure it accordingly.
2: Right, right. And be real, realistic about the value, because uh, I have clients that will go on these cruises and they go to the art show for the free champagne. Yeah. And then they say, well, <laughs> this this painting is worth ten thousand dollars, and you can have it for one thirty four ninety
3: nine.
2: You know. And then my client is like, I need to insure this for ten thousand dollars. And I'm like, well, actually, you only need to insure it for 134.99. Yeah, because that's what you paid for it, it, right? Yeah. You know, maybe in the future it'll be worth more. Um, So that's why it's good to always have collections of things like that um, updated on your insurance because you may be paying like for those paintings that the value could have dropped. You could be paying a ton of money um, for you know insurance on something that's worth hundred dollars, but you're paying for $10,000 worth of insurance. Right. Um, so it, it, it's good to get those updated every once in a while.
0: Which, yeah. Did you guys hear about, it was like the most expensive, uh, art purchase ever recently. No. It was like some Saudi guy that it was, and it, it's not even like been proven that it's a Da Vinci. It's just rumored to be a Da Vinci. Right. And I think he paid like 400 million for it or something wow. like that. Yeah.
2: And it's, it's a pretty crappy painting, well, the funny <laughs> thing, the funny thing about that though is is so he paid four hundred million dollars, but it's really only worth whatever the the second losing bid was, mm. right, mm. because whoever lost that is the next best value of right. that piece of art, yeah, so he, he could have paid four hundred million. the guy underneath him could have said well i'll I'll pay three ninety, it's really only worth three ninety mm. so unless there's somebody out there willing. To pay 400 then it's not worth
0: that. Yeah, it, you know, I've got a couple of collections that I think are pretty cool, yeah. right? Um, and, and that's how people all the time, they're like, how much is that worth? I'm like, however someone will pay for it. Right. Like, if, I mean, if someone's willing to pay 10 bucks for it, that's what it's worth. That's what it's worth. It's worth, to, it's worth something emotionally to me. Right. But, but part of that is because I put a lot of time and effort into it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But, at the end of the day, the dollar amount just depends on whatever someone will pay me for.
2: Right, and the hard so. part on that is 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 it even replaceable? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, there's some things that are not replaceable. Right. So it's hard to to nail a value down on some of those things. Right. So, well,
0: man, is there is there anything else about uh, homeowners policies that
2: people are are vastly unaware of? I think that um, one of the best things that people could do is um, I want to give a neutral site that they can go to. So there's a website called the Office of Public Insurance Council. Okay. And it's run by the state of Texas. So every reputable company that operates in Texas, um, they have to put on that website. um, they, They don't have to, but they report how they cover claims. So on your declaration page, it could say, well, you have you know, $10,000 for water damage. What you need to know is what type of water damage and how you pay it. So you could say you have $180,000 in personal property coverage, but it won't tell you if it's replacement cost or actual cash value. So the best thing to do is go to that website, and you can choose what company you're with. You can select um, what policy type you have from that company, mm-hmm. and it will tell you what is covered and how it's covered and what's not so that's a huge thing. I have customers all the time where I'll say, Well, yeah, you know this policy is two hundred dollars more, but let me show you why okay um, or your policy is you know four hundred dollars a year, but let me tell you why um so that makes a big difference um mm. so I always tell people. You know, my hope is to save you money on the front side and the back side, right? On the front side, the premium, on the back side, when you have a claim. Um, but it's way more important to save $10,000 on a claim than save $200 on annual premium. Sure. Um, so that would be a huge thing that people should do. Um, if they want to, they can contact an agent. I'd love for them to contact me, of course. Yeah. Um, but um, we are we are more than willing to give people free evaluations of their insurance go over the policy with them, show them how to look things up, um, and help them find you know one of two things. You either have a great policy and you shouldn't change, or here's some enhancements you need to make or a change you should make. Um, and then the other big thing that a lot of people overlook when it comes to um, their home and their autos is um, the financial protection of life insurance. So um, I, I try to always tell people, You know, you're trying to protect this home, you know, from all these different things that can happen. But are you protecting it from a loss of income? So if if you pass away, is your house going to be paid off? If you become seriously disabled, is your house going to be paid off? Um, Is your family going to be protected? Are your kids going to, you know, have food on the table? Um, So that's a huge conversation that we have with people is making sure they have life insurance and enough of it to cover their family, um, while they're adjusting either, you know, you get enough coverage for them to be comfortable how they are, the current lifestyle, or you get enough to, to take care of them while they're adjusting. Um, so that's another huge thing that people don't have enough of it. Usually they have it through work only. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they don't know that most, um, employer life insurance policies, if you go on disability, um, for, you know, many different reasons, um, if let's say you have, you have cancer, you go on disability, once you're not actively working, your policy is gone mm. most of the time. Uh, so people are counting on that policy for their family and you know all of a sudden the protection is gone. So is that, is that because most of thing. those policies are term policies? So they're group life policies. So okay. you have to be an active member of the, of group. the group. Yeah. Okay. So when you become disabled, you're no longer an active member of the group. So that's why the the life insurance is basically either suspended or terminated during that time. Mm. So um, and if that's your only policy, if that's your only policy, you can be toast. Yeah. Or your family. I mean, really, it's not for you. So um, it's it's for your family. Right. So, wow. Yeah. I like to think that I've spoiled Laura for any other man. (laughs) So you know, she's never going to be happy with another guy. So I got to make sure we have enough life insurance to That's cover right. her. That's so, right.
0: Yeah, obviously. That's obviously. Obviously.
2: Oh yeah, Brandy always tells me
0: she's like, yeah, I think we have like four policies on you. Is yeah. Which yeah. like probably, probably not you know. enough. I changed the the combo on the safe at that point. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, oh, man, it's been really, really good, and yeah, it's awesome. I think we could we could talk for another. Two hours, most oh, likely. Especially about Nolan Ryan. No, <laughs> on forever. Well, this could, yeah, it's a, this could, a Nolan Ryan podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you guys get started. <laughs> yeah, this could, this could go on for a while, but um, I, I do want to get to uh, the most important thing that we're here for, which is the final four. Oh. Final four. <laughs> yeah, nice. this is the final four questions we ask all of our guests, and you're awesome. here tonight, sitting in the hot seat. So we want to get to that tonight. So great. Here we go. All right, going to run them off. Ready? I'm ready. All right. What is the must-have tool that you won't leave your house without? Ooh.
2: Man, that's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, so when we, whenever we're leaving the house to go camping, my must-have tool is a pocket knife. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean if I've got to have that in my pocket, I you can I don't need a screwdriver, I don't need a wrench. I can figure something out. I can whittle. You know, something. We'll figure it out. I think it's because I grew up in doing Boy Scouts and stuff like that, so I gotta have that pocket knife. There you go. I'm with you.
0: Yeah, that that was Craig's, by the way. Nice. Back in the day, episode number one. I'm actually, I'm I'm still waiting Nova Company right for my new flashlight that has the knife in it. Yeah, we we want to check that out. We were actually told that we were gonna get something. We we we'd receive indications. Yeah, but that didn't happen. Didn't happen. Which is fine. That's right. We're, okay. we're, we're still be friends. We're patient people. Have you seen this thing before? No. Dude, I'll show it to you after the it show. It looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is awesome. All right, next question. All right, here we go. What is a job you walked away from? So
2: a job in my house? Like a yes. home repair? Yes, let's go that route. All right, let's go that route. So um, whenever there is water involved, like plumbing, like mm-hmm. plumbing, I tend to walk away unless it's PVC.
1: Oh, okay.
2: If it's PVC, I'm good to go. Okay. But as soon as I see copper, hands off, I'm done. So yeah. <laughs> we we had a leak in our shower, um, and the handle broke, and I was trying to change the cartridge on it, and the valve was all messed up inside. So I called in a buddy to come and replace it, and uh, he got that done, and. I still need to put the sheetrock up on the other side. It <laughs> was a few weeks ago, um, but uh, yeah, it, When it comes to uh, copper metal plumbing, I'm done.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I mean, aren't you. you glad that you did that? Because yes. you're done. Yes, it's done. You know, it's done well. Right. Your wife Laura's like, you're an awesome husband.
2: Yes, because is, is, is
0: it still broken? Yeah,
2: <laughs> she gave me a, a, an E for effort. You know, I tried. <laughs> I tried. Right. Give it you the know. Old, I I looked good doing it. Right. right. (laughs) But at a certain point I just have to say, you know, I can afford to hire someone (laughs) for this one. Right. Exactly. That's
0: good. Yeah. All right. Third question. All right. How do you wind down
2: at the end of a long day? Oh, besides complaining about my day to my wife. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's the first part of the day, (laughs) of the wind-down process. (laughs) Um, But I think, uh, you know, uh, hanging out with the kids. Mm -hmm. um, You know, my son just got a Nintendo Switch, so we we jump on Mario Kart and I show him how it's done. Of course. Um, So I destroy them. them. Like, no mercy on the children
0: at all. you got to whip them until they figure out how to do it. Exactly,
2: yeah. Um, So... Um, but really, it's it's family time, right? We all go work to take care of our family. I yeah. tell my wife if it wasn't for them, I'd probably live on like a floating shack and just fish.
0: Oh, there's no know. doubt. Um, so, if it, I, I, Let's just be completely honest. If it was just me, I'm living in my RV. Yes. Somewhere down in a crazy remote location. In a
2: van down by the river. Maybe. Yes.
0: <laughs> in a non-creepy... I will shave my mustache if I have to kind of thing, right. you
2: know. Yeah. No, I I think that's the main thing is just being around the people that are re- the reason why you do it, you yeah, know, right. and put up with it. Yeah. Cuz it would be easy to walk away some days and just say, "You know what? I'm done." You know? Right. I can go work at an easy job. I can go be a park ranger with my pocket knife, you know, and everything <laughs> will be fine. That actually um, would be really fun. It <laughs> would be fun if it paid well, but um
0: <laughs> but does it matter if you've got a van by the river? Right. <laughs>
2: you could be a motivational speaker. You'd exactly. be good to go. That's right. <laughs> so,
0: cool. All right. Yeah. Question number four. Okay. All the way rounded third. Here we go. All right. What's one of the best pieces of wisdom or advice
2: you've ever received? Oh, I think one of the best ones was that um, no one will care about your business as much as you do. Mm. Because I think a lot of times we, you know, expect other people to take care of our business, whatever it is. If it's your family, you know, your relationships, your work. Um, you know, we think, well, they'll take care of it or this is just going to happen or, um, you know, why didn't they do this or why didn't they do that? And the truth is, is because they're just not as invested in it yeah. as we are, you know, nobody's going to do as good of a job, um, handling your business as you are. That's right. So, um, and that comes with relationships too. You know, you can't expect your spouse to do 200%. You're both supposed to be a hundred percent and a hundred percent. Um, so it, it goes both ways, but that's been a, a huge one for me.
0: Yeah. No, that's I really, really good. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Uh, here's the crazy thing. There's another question. It's the fifth question. Ooh, it's it doesn't fit. Surprise. It's a surprise question. And Craig, it trips everybody up. It does. <laughs> the only person it doesn't trip up is Craig. That's right. okay. So he's that's the one question the, I get to ask. That's right. All right. How do people get a hold of you if they want to find you?
2: Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and a sigh of relief. Yes.
2: Um, well, a, probably the the best way is just call me directly. Uh, my phone number is 281 205 9608. Okay. Uh, you can also go to libertymutual.com Liberty, forward Liberty, slash. Liberty, that's right. Uh, forward <laughs> slash Ryan Aduttle. That's. Uh, the easiest way. Um but I'm sure we can throw my contact information in we the will. Notes and Yeah, everything. we'll put it all in the show notes. Um but really the best thing to do is just give me a call um with some time to talk. And uh, you know, I'm I'm super busy, but I always call people back and, and I try to do it that day. Um, if at all possible. Um, But it's so important to call and have that conversation rather than just, you know, having somebody slinging quotes because they need to know about your, you know, your hidden rooms above the garage and they need (laughs) to know, you know, about that piece of artwork that you want to look at. So um, (laughs) you'll get yours. I know. (laughs) I always do. That's right.
0: Well, cool. Well, thank you so very much. It's been a pleasure to have you in the studio. Thanks for coming. Uh, Man, dude, we have had some nuggets of really, really good information that if you've stuck with us this long, I promise you, you're smarter because of it. So, Cool. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Yeah. And if you haven't yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, the like button, the follow button, the whatever the button is. Hit the button. Hit all of them. Yeah. Share button. All the, all the things. Yep. Give yeah. us a rating review. That would be one of the most amazing things yeah. you can do. And you do it because it costs you nothing. <laughs> yeah. But you know what it does? And it means everything It does. means everything to <laughs> <does. laughs> So thank you for, for supporting us, for downloading uh, today's episode. for. See it.